This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, June 22nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. Cal EPA eyes pesticides. Bayer on its own to defend Roundup. EPA launches pollinator projects. Cal EPA sets new exposure levels for 1-3-D. A Cal EPA office for assessing health impacts has set a new limit on exposure to the widely used fumigate 1-3-D. Farm groups and chemical manufacturers fought the proposal last year, calling it unnecessary and not supported by science. They urged the office to align its assessment with the U.S. EPA, which downgraded its classification for the pesticide in 2019. Remember, last year, Department of Pesticide Regulation, the DPR director, Julie Henderson, directed staff to add more control measures for 1-3-D applications. On that note, Henderson has accepted a panel recommendation on imidacloprid. In May, the panel ruled on the neonicotinoid is not polluting wells at unsafe levels. Henderson promised the agency will continue to monitor groundwater for leaching and runoff and will respond if any new science or data develop. She urged Cal EPA to set a new level for protecting human health for any future detection of the insecticide in drinking water. DPR has also completed a risk assessment on the fumigant known as AITC for its potential to cause cancer through inhalation. SCOTUS leaves Bayer to fight Roundup claims. Bayer will have to continue chipping away at its backlog of Roundup cancer claims one by one following the Supreme Court's denial of a petition filed by its legacy company, Monsanto. At issue was the question of whether state tort law claims like ones brought by California man Edwin Hardiman, who won $25 million verdict upheld by the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, are preempted by the nation's pesticide law, FIFRA. Specifically, the issue comes down to whether the state of California can put a label on Roundup warning of its potential to cause cancer, even though EPA has concluded it's not likely to do so. Bayer says it's disappointed in the SCOTUS decision, which may have been aided by a solicitor general's brief backing Hardiman. Bayer estimates there were about 30,000 cases or potential cases of wings. The company is fully prepared to manage the litigation risk associated with potential future claims in the U.S., Bayer said yesterday. And the farm group reaction? Well, cotton, corn, soybeans, and wheat, as well as American Farm Bureau, say they'll be considering today's decision and what additional reforms may be needed to prevent a patchwork of state labeling requirements from disrupting commerce and undermining science-based pesticide regulation. EPA launches pollinator pilot projects. The Environmental Protection Agency has announced two new pilot projects intended to protect endangered species from pesticide exposure. One project would identify measures EPA can take to protect a dozen pesticide-sensitive species, including the rusty-patched bumblebee. The second project would allow EPA to implement restrictions to protect a particular species from a certain type of pesticide. Lori Ann Bird, Environmental Health Director at the Center for Biological Diversity, says that protecting endangered plants and animals, quote, will require meaningful, on-the-ground protections like those laid out in these promising pilot projects. 
The EPA must quickly develop these critical conservation measures on a broad scale out in the real world. Grassley, we've got the votes for market reforms. Today marks a milestone in a long-running battle over the livestock industry and efforts to weaken the power of large processors. The Senate Agriculture Committee is expected to approve a pair of bills, one that would mandate minimum levels of cash trading in cattle markets, and a second that would create a special investigator's office in the USDA's Packers and Stockyards Division. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa expressing confidence that both bills, including the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act, have the necessary Republican support to pass the Senate. The House passed a version of the special investigator bill last week as a part of a package of measures called the Lower Food and Fuel Cost Act. The legislation includes a measure to allow sale of E15 year-round. I certainly hope as soon as we return to Washington after our July break that Majority Leader Charles Schumer will put these bills on the floor for a vote, Grassley told reporters yesterday. He said, I'm confident the Senate has 60 votes to pass the Lower Food and Fuel Costs Act. We can restore transparency in the cattle market and provide year-round E15. By the way, ahead of today's committee debate, the North American Meat Institute that represents meat packers noted that cattle prices are running at or near record highs. As many industry economists have said, the beef and cattle markets are continuing to behave predictably, giving supply and demand and do not need government mandates and intervention, said North American Meat Institute President and CEO Juliana Potts. Donated grain storage units on the way to Ukraine. Massive plastic bags and temporary silos that the U.S. and Canada, U.K. and European Union promised to provide the Ukraine are now being shipped to farmers in the war-torn country as they begin their summer harvest. Temporary structures being sent by the U.S. and Canada hold about 5,000 tons of grain, that according to the Ukrainian Ag Ministry. Other donors are sending massive plastic sleeves, basically big bags, that will hold 20,000 tons of grain. And why it's important? Well, Ukraine's grain exports are severely hampered by the war. Russia maintains a blockade that has shut down the three main Black Sea ports from which Ukraine traditionally exported. That has trapped a lot of grain inside the country, leaving little space for incoming corn, wheat, barley, and other crops. Ukraine is expected to begin its summer harvest very soon. Well, here's today's He Said It. These projects cannot be built without funds, and we need them now, not years from now. That Delta farmer and former state senator Mike Makato and a Cal Matters op-ed on the need for flood protection. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, June 22nd. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.